0: Welcome to the Hunter's Hub. Uh, today, uh, your host Fortwan here, uh, and Haru. Hello, Haru.
1: Gorsh, Sora, you gotta fight back against the darkness.
0: <laughs> the darkness? The darkness. <laughs> the darkness oh, afflicts us all.
1: The darkness is within all of our hearts.
0: <laughs> if, if. <laughs> That went, that went way better than expected. Okay, so... <laughs> um, today we're going to be talking uh, a lot about Monster Hunter again. Uh, it shouldn't be a surprise since we originated as a Monster Hunter podcast and we're still closely tied to that. Um, but that's going to be our main topic. We're going to, get to talk about 15th anniversary and some predictions we have with that. Uh, but to start out, as usual, we are going to talk about what we play this week... And even before that, we'd like to thank Wolfie Mellon for doing the music for us as she did so. And it's awesome. So, how are you doing today, Haru?
1: Oh, you know, just, just, um, I've been playing a bit of Kingdom Hearts, as you might be able to tell by now.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We will uh, will get into that. Um, But, uh, so, like not to interject into into what you're doing, but we kind of set it up. So you would go second on this one just because I, I, yeah, I tend to talk a lot. So darkest dungeon is what I've been playing and that's literally it, uh, since we've recorded last time. Um, a big reason is life has been hella busy lately, um, between sick kids selling a house and yada, 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 like a lot of stuff, uh, finally able to play some games, uh, and I mostly played Darkest Dungeon because it's on my Switch Um, however I think I mentioned this before I actually own it on four platforms so I own it on PC and by PC I mean I own it both on Steam I think and good old games Um, and 9 out of 10 times if I'm playing something it's going to be on good old games Uh, I do not like Steam for their hey you bought a license and not a copy of the game whereas good old games is the opposite <laughs> hey you bought a copy of the game here's your copy which is weird but i don't know i just it, i prefer gog and oh I yeah steam the had that
1: oh man they had that whole freaky thing with that uh like zombie murder rapist game lately
0: I have not heard about this. Care to explain?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that was just, there was a little bit of a collaboration. Um, it, it was just that they, like they previously, they had allowed any kind of games on their storefront. Right? There was no moderation whatsoever.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and that was a big problem too. Things got drowned out, and yeah.
1: So someone put up a like a crappy, like low poly 3D game called uh, Rape Day. It's a real cheery start oh to our gosh. podcast, but. Like this, it's It's not even, like, I mean, it's bad, but it's, like, it's, like, cartoonishly bad. Like, it, not only are you a serial killer, but the creepy stuff. And there's a zombie apocalypse, and it's gritty, and it's... Uh, it's just, like, one of those uh, edgy games. Hmm. It's... Anyway. It's Steam. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just Steam in a nutshell, which is why I prefer... Good old games, cause I I, well, I know we weren't gonna talk about good old games, but like I do love it because I get to play some old games that I have never been able to find since. Um, so a lot of people are, are familiar at least tangentially with Duke Nukem, right? So Duke Nukem 3D, like Duke Nukem: Time to Kill, like all the newer like sort of like not Doom clone but Doom like uh, Duke Nukem's uh, from those days, and those are what Duke is mostly known for. Like you know, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum kind of deal. He started as a 2D platformer, and that's what I remember Duke Nukem as. <laughs> that's all good old games, <laughs> and like Eye of the Beholder, which is a super old like uh yeah like party management slash dungeon delving, first person, uh dungeon crawling game uh that I played uh, called Eye of the Beholder and there's three of them and that's, uh, actually, that's a
1: really good title.
0: Yeah, and it, like they have a lot of like good old stuff, but they're old. Like I mean, don't sometimes sometimes they're so old it gets in the way, but <laughs> like when you get into a certain part of the dungeon in Eye of the Beholder and it asks you uh, as per their their old school uh anti-piracy what is the seventh word on the second page in the, in the, uh, um, uh, guidebook or not the guidebook, but the, uh, instruction manual, like that kind of stuff. Oof. Or what's the, and, uh, so like when this game got like re-released a couple times, what they had is they had an actual decoder that would send with the physical copy that would have those answers. So it'd be like second page flipped a third word, that's what that word is like it like because like they didn't have the instruction manuals anymore because how many games have instruction manuals now they're just ads <laughs> so so yeah like it, it's uh very different very old you'll you'll run across stuff like that but anyways like i said i've been playing darkest dungeon i uh i own it on steam gog um ps4 and switch and i love it on the switch because of the portability um i have never actually beaten the game despite playing it on all of those platforms um i'm still ha- i s- i'm doing okay um so like most people suggest you beat the game by like week 75 or something or something like that um yeah i'm like in week 80 something and i'm still not even close to beating it like i'm just not good at the game <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, it seems like one of those games where you could be waylaid um, if if you don't make the right choices or if you have a few failures.
0: Right. Uh, It's super punishing because you can, like, spend, like, literally thousands of gold on a character to sort of build them up. Not only are you training them, like, not only are you spending money on them to keep them alive and healthy by, you know, relieving their stress between adventures, but you're also gearing them up. And also training their skills more. So, like, losing a character is like dollar signs, like, tantamount to like 20,000 gold when you're sitting at like 7,000 gold between quests on average. So, it's like, it's a heavy, like, not even just like a resource loss, but it's like, holy cow, like, what happened? And you can lose characters fairly quickly or easily if things go wrong. And it is like RNG and that kind of stuff.
1: Weren't you saying you were annoyed by, like, Fire Emblem's permadeath mechanic when that game doesn't have such a high investment mechanic to it?
0: Now, here's the difference, okay? I played Fire Emblem early college. Uh, I hadn't been exposed to that kind of game yet. Um, For whatever reason, it was between... Oh, what was it? It was this, and there was another game that had permadeath... That I that sort of acclimated me to the idea, Um, and actually, uh, it's like I would never play hardcore Diablo, but then I tried it once, uh, and I actually did okay. Like I actually got to like max level and did a couple things in hardcore. So like I sort of got acclimated to that to that kind of play within the past five years, and I played Fire Emblem before that. Um, Same with. found hazy tactics but I was super careful in tactics you could kind of save scum the deaths in tactics so <laughs> eh, like it ne- like that kind of didn't bother me but like I'm sure if I played Fire Emblem now I wouldn't have a problem okay but I see what you mean I, but back when I did I did <laughs> yeah so if that makes sense but yeah you can oh man losing some characters I've had full party wipes uh, a couple times still Like, just every four, all four of them, just die. Um, I've had, uh, so they, I have all the DLC included with it on the Switch. Um, I think that's just the version that's on the Switch. Um, So I'm playing in the easier mode, which is still pretty pretty brutal. So I don't have any qualms about playing in the easy mode. (laughs) Um, You
1: have the uh, DLC that gives the characters eyes. Eyes?
0: You know. That didn't have eyes before?
1: No, none of the characters in Darkest Dungeon have eyes. They're always like very, like, deep shadows over their brow, covers up their eyes, and you can only see like their nose and mouth.
0: I yeah, I think that's what the bright mode did. I think. I'm not sure, but yes, they have eyes. <laughs> I think I
1: think it's just the art style. I was just joking.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> kind of confused me there. Um... Uh, one, one of the things uh, they have w- included with this DLC is the Crimson curse, which is basically vampires, right? So there's like a, a different new area of the vampire stuff. One of the ways I've lost characters is if like they have the vampirism, they like they need blood, which is a type of item that you find, like just vials of blood. And if they don't have blood, they start wasting away and they can like fight through it and get back to normal or they die. So I've actually come back from quests and had people who were starving from for blood in town die. So I've actually had, like, deaths of not, like, me not involved, but people dying in town. So they're um, really
1: chintzy vampires. They're just, like, not very good ones.
0: Right. Yeah. And it sucks, because, like, I would say 80% of my people have the Crimson Curse. Like, of the 18, like, heroes on my roster a very good portion of them do.
1: The Twilight vampires would beat them up and take their lunch money.
0: Right. Which is saying something because Twilight vampires suck, yeah. but they can go
1: out in the sun and not die. So, you know,
0: uh, I don't like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, don't just, let's, let's keep going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like, I've been playing that a lot lately. Uh, it's been easy to do cause you know, I can just undock it and, uh, you know, play while the kids went to bed and I'm waiting for people to show up and that kind of thing. So, yeah, there we go. Did, um, uh, I just had a, that's what I've been playing.
1: I had another question mm-hmm. about uh, Darkest Dungeon. Do the different wings of the castle, do they introduce, like, different enemy types or different mechanics? Does it change up the game as you go yes, on? Or is um, it just sort of, like, more?
0: Um, so... Not only do the different wings of, like, where you're going have different enemy types. Um, So, like, the cove, you'll have fishmen and snails and bloated zombies. Um, But they get harder, like, harder monsters the higher difficulty you go. So there's, like, tiers of quests which are color-coded. So it's, like, green is, like, beginner, intermediate is orange, and red is, like, you know, end, you know, like, everyone's max level kind of, this is the most dangerous kind and there's new enemies per tier also uh so like you'll have some enemies that are shared between areas like skeletons um but then there's stuff like like i said the one thing is uh the cove has jellyfish and these floating jellyfish can both poison and stun you which is kind of annoying but they're kind of weak but then the the one of the upper tier monsters of the cove is this giant like mutant crab dude um that hits for like hits really hard and stuns you uh because it's really it's really not common to have a high damage attack and cause a status effect uh but he does uh he has a low damage attack but you don't want that called pinch it does like three damage you're like oh that's nothing right but then it does like nine damage of bleed ever for like six rounds it's like insane it's like oh my gosh no so you're you're talking <laughs> like 36 points of damage which will kill most most of your heroes so you gotta heal them through it or patch them up or something uh and then like stuff like the weld which is like sort of like the sewers they'll have like pigmen kind of things and those are hard to deal with and it's And then, like, the cove, you're more susceptible... There's a lot of things that cause bleeding. And in the well, there's a lot of things that cause poison and disease and stuff like that. Like, it's... The different areas have their own, hmm. like, monsters and flavors and all sorts of stuff. Their own sort of items to interact with. Like, uh, the cove has, like, these barnacled treasure chests that if you use a shovel on them, you get treasure. But if you don't, it's, like, more random.
1: So, so it kind of sounds... I think you've named... Is there, like, hunger and thirst in the game?
0: Yes. So you have... So you have hunger. Uh, they don't have thirst, but they have... Well, unless you're thirsting for blood in the Crimson Curse. Uh, but they do have hunger. So you do have to, like, manage supplies at the same time.
1: So you have, so like... You have, like, exhaustion, morale. Maybe that's the same one. But then there's, like... You said hunger, the blood thing. is It's is yeah. an alternative meter. Um... Yeah, like you said, light, and and then you have to like manage rations for your hunger.
0: Yeah, that that seems like a lot. lot. lot Oh, and sanity.
1: Sanity is the one I forgot.
0: Yeah, so sanity. Yeah, so you got your basically it boils down to health, sanity, food, light, and then blood if you need it. Um, is just to kind of simplify it, and then you also have to while battle manage what position you're in, and what position enemies are in. And you know it's it's a lot of management even in the battle, but I don't know I enjoy it for some reason. Um, it's kind of easy to pick up and put down for me, and of course you got management of party and what classes can do what, and it's just all sorts of stuff. Okay. But I like it, and I'm excited for Darkest Dungeon 2, which they announced not that long ago. Um, so I kind of want to try to beat this before number two comes out, hopefully. Darkest never, Dungeon
1: though, okay. 2. The Last of Us yeah. colon. Even darker this time.
0: Right. And the funny thing is, it's not even like in a dungeon, it seems. It looks like they're climbing a mountain based on the teaser.
1: Okay, that that's fair. That's fair. Because
0: if so, that
1: way it doesn't have to be the darkest dungeon, it can be the darkest mountain.
0: Sure. I don't I don't know what it deals So with Kingdom it.
1: Hearts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts three. I've yeah. been playing it. It's it's a whole deal. Uh, let me just stall for a few more words so I can figure out how to arrange this. But um, so so I, I'm just at the beginning of the game. I got out of. I got through the uh, Olympus world that's based on Disney's Hercules movie, and then they yeah, send you yeah, to yeah. Twilight Town, and you. <laughs>
0: The hub town. You talk about like... your
1: feelings some more. Um...
0: <laughs> All the feels.
1: Yeah. I kind of lost the track from the beginning of the game because I put it down for a bit. But right now they're, they, they're concerned with reviving Roxas, who is Sora's. Uh, this whole thing is going to be filled with spoilers, don't. Don't, don't watch this if, you, if you're if you really it, itching to play Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, as a Kingdom Hearts fan. But you, you're trying to revive Roxas, so you go through this thing, and there's this thing with the computer scape, and it, that cutscene got very reference-heavy, uh, to the point where a synopsis is probably not even going to do you good. <laughs> oh my god. I, I really like this game, but it was so bad, this cutscene, because it's like... and. Uh, and this is this. Ca- <laughs> uh, and this is Le- Leo, who you who you knew as. Uh, oh man, I'm forgetting the names. They introduced two characters with fake names, and colon colon like uh, subtitle subtitle their introduction and say like, oh, and you know them by this name, which they went through in this game. Uh, and it's.
0: Well, at least they're kind of giving you a reminder. It's a Yeah, I guess.
1: It's just a little bit over complex. Um, there's a lot of characters to it's a, to it's a juggle.
0: It's the uh, it's the cliff notes of, of of Kingdom Hearts, all there for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, they they're, they are putting an effort to introduce old players, like expository dialogue, which is good. I mean, I, I watched like a compilation video, so I would I'd be able to <laughs> tread water going into this one as someone who's not played Kingdom Hearts before. Right. But um I I just really like the, the mechanics of the game so far because the combat system is sort of like Final Fantasy fifteen, uh but simplified in a in the kind of Kingdom Hearts uh simple uh action RPG fashion. It's very juggle heavy. You have your you have a jump button, uh a melee combo, and you have a drop time menu of magic attacks, which are sort of like ranged attacks, and you have the different JRPG elements and they what I really liked about the the magic was uh, as you use different spells fire and water will just do damage but the ice spell you throw it along the ground uh, and it creates a little ice skate track and you can go and like skate along the track as part of the flow motion feature which is sort of like the parkour and how you climb walls and you basically mm-hmm. glow in Final Fantasy 15 fashion, and you can do an evade off of it and do a bunch of spinny, uh, wide-ranging attacks in the air. So there's different elements in the environment to do this with, like the uh, like tree branches and columns in the, the grace level. And they seem to have done something pretty well with it, which is if you evade into any wall in, in the game, it just detects that collision as the flow motion. So, not like in Monster Hunter or Take a Pick of an Uncharted game, where there's mm-hmm. set walls that you can climb. You can just parkour off of any wall, basically. And you also get to. Uh, like, flat surfaces, you can just walk up them and, run like, wall run and things, and it's pretty dynamic. Okay. So, yeah, I just got to the Tangled World, and I like that which, with each world... Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's Kingdom of, uh, Kazakhstan is what it's called, in canon. Um... And what I like with the different worlds is they introduce, they give you new party members, which are, you have your core party, which is Sora, Donald, and Goofy, but they give you extra party members, depending on, like, temporary party members, depending on where you are in the story, where you are in the worlds. And they add their own, like, finisher abilities and uh, combat uh, strengths.
0: Uh yeah, yeah, I remember that from that's even true in the first one.
1: Yeah, this this, this kind of thing could be very old hat to people who have played the series before, but uh, I mean, sure. It hasn't come out in forever, so it's still appreciable, I think.
0: No, no, no. No, I'm glad you're explaining it because it's a at least a refresher for me because it's like been since early high school that I played the series. Maybe middle school.
1: Did you do, uh, like, just one and
0: two? Just one. I never, ever touched two. (laughs) Or anything past number one. Because I was like, I'm out, it's too complicated, bye.
1: (laughs) They say that two is, like, uh, just a better put-together game. Uh, Just all around. All right. And this 3 is definitely very advanced, I'd say, from all the weird handheld games they had. Probably weren't flying off the of walls in those ones. Birth um, by Sleep? Uh-huh. The weirdest... that, that's name.
0: the name. Well, it's got to be one of the weirdest game titles. Like, Birth by Sleep.
1: <laughs> the uh, the crazy one is... Um, uh, 365 over over two days... And there's this whole thing about sea salt ice cream. Oh man, oh man. But on topic, the, the combat system is super frenetic, I'd say. Not only can you juggle things in the air, you are getting constant pop-ups for finisher moves from your different party members and abilities and the weapon you're holding. And what's great is that some of these, oh, and attractions too. So some of them are just like party member combo attacks like, a lot of times you'll get thrown mm-hmm. up into the air and you'll deal an AoE effect when you crash back down in sort of like a cutscene, and uh, the, the attractions okay. are more dynamic. One of them, there's there's a couple where you ride around in little teacups, basically. Uh, one is literally the teacups ride from Disneyland, uh, and you kind of bounce around and deal damage to enemies you collide into, and you can, I think, hit the button to spin and like deal extra damage. There's another one where you're in this car, car, like this little Bowser Jr. car, that you can uh, hold the button to jump and your jump is a jet of water and you kind of draw in 3D around the battlefield, this like a line of like rushing water, this river. And when you hit your finisher for that one, you like race and you trace the whole pathway you drew and anyone you collide into takes damage. Um, Okay. which Which is fun. And over the top. And yeah, the other one is just you're in a car and you can you go into first-person view and it's it's just sort of a shooter mech kind of thing. And then you get a big lob shot finisher. Um, and then there's a carousel that's sort of like a rhythm game, and the pirate ship swing ride that I honestly forget. It's very yes. I think they tailor them to, like, whichever environment you're in and, like, what it will accommodate models-wise, but that also adds some nice unpredictable elements. Uh, There's there's just such a variety to it. Okay. But what I wanted to talk about was the transformation-type effects, which are, you can, for each world you beat, you get a Keyblade, and each Keyblade has a unique transformation into an alternate set of combos and... Uh, and like a finisher move, like the normal uh, special abilities. So you, the first one you get was the hurt, like the, the thunder cloud or something, and it turns into a shield, and you can hit people with a shield, and it was block attacks. And I didn't really, because King Hearts is such a hack and slash. Like, why would I want to stop and block attacks? But mm-hmm. the the second one you get from Twilight Town is the is this like magic star shooting star blade. And you basically kind of float around, when you're attacking with it, and you combo. And whenever you swing, it spawns like three little magic missile, uh, okay. <laughs> like shooting stars that auto-target to whichever, you're, whoever, whomever you're locked onto. So you basically as and D
0: fan, I approve of that analogy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, no D and D this time, we promise. Um, yeah. So, so basically, you just want to like. Keep spamming attacks, even if you're not like hitting the enemy physically, because it'll we'll just spawn mm-hmm. all these auto, all these magic missiles that'll uh, fly through the air and all zoom in on whoever you're targeting. It's sort of like the Needler uh, in Halo or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah.
1: Um, was
0: an annoying as hell, gun.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that 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 weapon also has a mechanic where if you hold R, you can go into a shooter mode and you shoot like little starbursts really quickly and you drain your gauge for the uh, transformation. And I've just been having a lot of fun with it because you can combo people pretty crazily. Okay. Yeah, and there's even, I don't, yeah, and then the finisher for that one, you like, man, it's very very frenetic and fast-paced. It's hard to describe in words, but basically you just shoot a bunch of stars out and they hit someone and they explode and die.
0: I like that explanation, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It, it reminds me, my uh, my brother and I had a conversation one day. He, he, he said something like, um, he, I can't remember what we were talking about, but a movie. And he's like, well, they essentially do this, this, and this, and, and then the movie's over. I'm like, you can do that to everything. You can literally do that to every movie, every game, ever. It's like, oh, yeah, Mario is simply... Uh, some guy stole the princess, you go jump through a bunch of worlds over pits, crush monsters, beat the boss and get the princess. Like, obviously the game has more value than the seven sentences we do. Right. Like, (laughs) it just reminded me of that. Like, it was just so like, you do stuff and they die.
1: (laughs) So the last transformation, uh, (laughs) it's where you embrace the darkness. (sighs) <sighs> oh no and no i think it's sort of like a low hp help recovery mechanic so you turn into dark sora which i imagine is something for a fast king of hearts game that i did not get the memo on and you oh, get these super God. like red and black shadowy like super switchy and aggressive attacks uh sort of like the you know the monster hunter generations palicos and yeah
0: <sighs> the uh the beast prowlers Yep, called. That. thats what, they called. <laughs> that's what yeah. they're
1: called, Sure. <laughs> anyway, it's beast
0: mode or something like that. Yeah.
1: So, Demon Lord Kitty Cat Sora, uh, flies around and he like draw- draws like red lines through the ground and it gets edgy. And it's just cute to see like what an anime game thinks is dark and scary. Um. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, you know what does get dark and scary, right? Darkest dungeon.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Even they were kind of cheesy. Continue.
0: you. <laughs> um,
1: yes, but this combat would all be worthless if you were just fighting the same enemy over, over and over. So thankfully they have right. the standard JRPG variety uh, of different, sort of like a Tales game, you get a bunch of different uh, little bits kind of rounded looking enemies, like maybe the Heartless. Uh, they're okay. all just sort of like little teeny enemies uh, cutesy dark darkness uh like blue mages from final fantasy almost
0: yeah
1: um and there's different elements and different like there's flower ones and there's nobodies who are like white 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 enemies with who are like wearing cowls and such yeah and and so far they've done a good job of introducing new enemy variety I kind of feel like the, That's good. the reason the Kingdom Hearts series as a whole uh, made the heartless was that making uh, not only would it be a lot of work to make bespoke enemy types for each like Disney World, um, true, and that'd be hard to balance. Like you might, if you only have like three enemies in a whole world, it's, it might get kind of monotonous too. But some uh, properties, of course, aren't really. Uh, like video games, they aren't. Uh, there aren't story hooks in it to accommodate a bunch of drone enemies that you just mow down like you're a freaking school shooter, like most video game protagonists are.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. That, yeah. I made that analogy. Uh, for some reason.
0: <laughs> anyway. Really on, really on.
1: <laughs> um, that's not funny. The there's just a good variety to what you do. Um, there's a lot of mini games. I really like the cooking mini game that you get. Like mm-hmm. you get to do different sort of quick time events with the uh, triggers, and it's there's a lot of finesse to it, and it's really quick uh, inputs. And uh, so I think like a couple of other JRPGs, I imagine you can get better or worse uh, food items depending on how well you perform the mini game. And finally, uh, what I'm just getting into is uh, going through the Tangles world, it's nice because they're doing this sort of uh, more modern uh, narrative technique where you're wandering through the level with your party kind of freeform, and you can explore, explore different points mm-hmm. of interest. Uh, Naughty Dog is great at doing this, uh, and they just sort of have sort of ambient dialogue as you go along. And you can choose to talk to your party members after an event happens and they have a couple new lines of dialogue, which, uh, I just, I just appreciate that. Yeah. It, it, it sort of gives more life to what's happening, uh, rather than there's a level and your mute protagonist and not very talkative allies, grim facedly trudged through the level to the inevitable boss fight and the, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, I I will say if if one thing Kingdom Hearts does pretty well, it is sort of like having like a grand scale and sort of like a fun boss fight. Uh, from what I remember, um, the only one that really sticks out in my mind is the the big sand behemoth in the first one. Um, um, so I can imagine like the boss fights. And this one being, you know, just as good or, you know, even better than before.
1: Yeah, but um, that was the Aladdin World, right? Yes. Yeah, but I'm... Um, yeah, it was some sort of weird... The difference is now that... Well, it's
0: the only one I remember. <laughs> the difference is now that it's modern
1: <laughs> Disney IPs. Sure. So uh, when they go back to Aladdin, it'll just be Will Smith. You'll have to oh, beat no. up Blueface Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, there's not a lot in the world. That's a joke. Uh, that's all I had to say. I've probably ranted for a long, long enough time about this wacky game. I, oh, I, I'm just, I'm just very encouraged by what I'm seeing overall, because that's good as opposed to when I first started. Uh, I, I'm sensing a lot more depth to the game and a lot more breadth, uh, just like a lot of uh, different facets of it.
0: I right. Just keep going. Along. Okay. I, I've heard a lot of mixed stuff about the game in general, um, but yeah, it, it's good that you're, you know you're enjoying it. Because I mean, first of all, buying a brand new game and not enjoying it sucks. And second... <laughs> yeah. Second of all, thanks. Uh, thanks, the witness. Second of all, like. <laughs> the witness. Oh man, I've had uh, what was it? Two worlds 2. Man, I, I was the fastest. I, I traded in that game the same day. Guy. Like oh man, I'm not. I'm not even gonna talk about it. it. It aggravated me so much. I looked. I took one look at the protagonist, and I was like, "Nope, I'm out." Bye. <laughs> no. It was. Uh, it was. It was during the the height of the uh, 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 buzz shaved, like almost bald gruff sarcastic protagonists era.
1: But also always the uh, white dude, right?
0: Oh yeah, it was always the white dude. Mid thirties yeah. white he dude. Was totally a white dude.
1: Completely non interesting. There's no defining characteristics. His name is Sam Fisher Master Chief, and he's ready for
0: battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What were we That's talking about? How, how I've I felt. Yeah. So okay, well that's good. Um, so I mean, like we haven't been playing. I, we, I guess we've been playing a lot of a couple, you know, one or two things this this week. But I'm sure we'll get into more uh, next time. But uh, in the meantime, there was a there's something pretty awesome going on for uh, Monster Hunter lately. Um, so the 15th anniversary is starting uh, for the, for the series. Um, I have been playing the game all of those 15 years uh, in some capacity or another uh, every year, uh, which is kind of insane to me, I think. I think it's been every year. Um, I definitely put a ton of hours in the first game. It survived a good two or three years for me, maybe four, just, just in the first one before I got Freedom 1. Um, but there was a, a really decent like recap video that showed Monster Hunter from a Japanese perspective. So it's showing us the titles um, in their Japanese original name and uh, some of the titles that we did not get. Um, such as uh, Monster Hunter Portable 3rd and um, 4. Uh, 4 Vanilla. Mercifully did not
1: show us some of the titles we did not get such as Monster Hunter Spirits monster hunter explorer and monster hunter freedom one through a million or, or <laughs> sorry frontier frontier i
0: mean oh um, the names
1: the names are so similar
0: yeah yeah the yeah the frontier stuff yeah i i kind of surprised they didn't show it because it was such a big thing for a little while but nah, eh, whatever um, they were talking about you know pretty main series titles, which generations would be included in that, I believe. So um, yeah, there's it, it a decent recap um, uh, for the for the video. Uh, you know d- basically that's all it is though. it's a bunch of nostalgia for people who you know who've played through the 15 years and then a good you know build up to, uh, Monster Hunter World, which is interesting because um, you know us as as Americans, um, you know Harry and I, we wouldn't have got the games in the same order that they showed them, especially between Monster Hunter World and Double Cross, uh, which was you know World then um, the U.S. Uh, English release of uh, Generations Ultimate uh, being the last game that would have released, uh, which was both last year. Um, so that's just kind of, it's very, it's Japanese focused, uh, video, uh, as far as like release dates and names, but it's pretty cool. Uh, I will say, uh, there are some other others out there that were, uh, uh, before world, uh, came out that were really good. Um, one of our, uh, good friends of the show and, um, uh, been on the podcast a few times, uh, Vengeful Torture, um, he he did a recap before Monster Hunter World that was very superb. It was put to a Fallout Boy song, I think. I don't know, the, I don't know that band that well, so I'm guessing it's a Fallout Boy song. Um, but it was actually pretty good. <laughs> it was like a music video thing of Monster Hunter. Um, so it was, it was kind of cool to see, you know, an official one, but I also suggest checking out Vengeful Tortures. Um, um, so what did you think, Haru? Was it good?
1: Yeah, no, it was, it was a fun video. I, um, it's it's sort of just different edited gameplay clips and some from cinematics yeah. and things. I actually found yeah, especially towards the end uh, a while ago, and you can still find it on the Capcom channel YouTube channel, which is their Japanese uh, presence. Yeah, uh, and they had a video that was all of the Monster Hunter openings through yeah uh, through somewhere in fourth gen, I think. And that was great to go back and watch because you got to see a little bit of the graphics and a little bit of the emphasis and the tone of the, of the previous games. Uh, even weird stuff like what was the opening of Monster Hunter G? Well, it's it's there somewhere. It's mostly just like oh, an yeah. edited <laughs> cutscene of the original Monster Hunter's opening. But it but it it's but true. it exists.
0: Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah,
1: because a lot of those older uh, games, like cutscenes and things from them, like footage are, are pretty scarce and obscure on the internet.
0: True. There's uh there's a lot of good um renditions of that original uh, uh, monster hunter theme uh which is the original proof of a hero. Um there's actually uh I don't remember what they're called, but uh, it's saved on like my personal favorite uh favorites like under my YouTube account. Um there was just like a bunch of college kids that got around that were like part of like a brass band that did their own rendition of the mall center theme, uh, and it was really good. It was from the mall center one, and it's like the video itself is super old. And we're talking like Freedom Two, you know, Freedom Unite days, uh, but it was actually based off the first one. And I was like, wow, and I I still love that. <laughs> there's no like there's no other game song ever that get, that gets gets all the feels as the original Proof of a Hero by Monster Hunter One for me. So when that video started out I was like, Ugh my heart
1: <laughs> I'm uh, I'm particular I'm particularly uh weak by uh to powerful music. I, I very much enjoyed getting caught up in a song. And you know, a series yeah. like Zelda, Monster Hunter they got a lot of those uh to give. What would be what would be great I think they is do. if uh, Capcom produced a like at one of their concerts or whatever
0: Yeah
1: Is if they did like Proof of a Hero or a song that's been in all of the games like the main Monster Hunter theme Yeah If they did that but the, uh, they like transitioned from the style of the first game to the musical style of 2 and Try and 4 uh, and, and then eventually got into World and whatever that they've gotten up to by that point that, right. that'd be great if they could just uh, make the music make it like uh, lyrically work I guess with all the different right. instruments and things well I mean
0: I've talked about this several times but I love the Monster Hunter Jazz CD because it kind of feels like that you get to feel sort of like it only goes up to third generation right so you, you'll you get stuff like uh and that kind of thing but you won't get um, stuff like uh, the Gormagala theme or, you know, stuff like that. Um, but I don't think they have the, maybe they have the devil Joe theme on that CD, but I don't, it's, but it's jazz versions of all those. And I I love that CD. I've had it for years now. Careless
1: Um, whisper.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's yeah. Gosh, the music (laughs) the music of the game, it gets to me. Um, but, uh, I, the big thing is, like, the 15th anniversary leaves us with a lot of questions as to what they're going to do. Um, so my initial thoughts were, like, were just Iceborne's just going to be the, you know, the 2019 game. But um, some things are looking towards maybe us getting an announcement for the 15th anniversary stuff. So I guess we're here to guess what that is. So right, right, right? off the
1: top... um like the, the things we know are happening is uh we, we know that in march that's when the 15th anniversary is happening and we know yeah. that uh that uh, more info, info on iceborne and the release of arch temper are both happening in quote spring uh which begins on the 22nd or so
0: Right, so very soon for us We're talking 10 days uh, right now I was from recording
1: Yeah, next week, next two weeks um, we'll, right. we'll definitely see something That's uh, what that is uh, I guess that's why we're yeah. here, huh?
0: <laughs> right, That's well that's what we're going to be here to predict Predict uh, predict. I don't know what that word is But uh, yeah, so predictions Predictions um, I don't know like uh i would say um we are going to i want to say it's it's kind of a stretch because i feel like they're focusing really hard on iceborne um or they're going to be right the ht Nergigante is like i isn't that like the last thing before we get iceborne is Nergigante?
1: Oh yeah, that's 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 the other information. They definitely announced that Arch Nemperor Nergigante would be the last free up, update to the game, the last update before, before Iceborn. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I left out was that in the logo for the 15th anniversary, it has a shadowy Nergigante eye, or it's probably Nergigante. Um, it could be something else, but that's it, it fits Nergigante pretty well. Uh, so it's probably they're gonna release 18 Nergigante during the anniversary
0: month. Right, so I would say it's pretty much out of the question for us to see anything outside of Iceborne. Um, I'm not going to expect uh, another Switch title, like some people are saying. Uh, I'm not going to expect uh, another World 2 or anything at this point. I think, uh, like I was kind of hoping when we first talked about you know, the release of Monster Hunter World uh, a while back, where they, they're sort of going with this games-as-a-service kind of thing, um i kind of see that happening with iceborne you know it being a full expansion uh, kind of fits that kids fits that bill they're not really um they're not really doing what they used to do is like uh for you is an entirely separate game than four it sounds like you're still going to be able to play with people who don't have iceborne but you know iceborne is going to get all the new the new jazzy content so um, I guess our predictions are what are we going to see for Iceborne?
1: Um, I yeah, just on that point, I don't I see that's definitely a change in the method of distribution because they're on next gen now and they can actually uh, yeah. add
0: do patches and updates and that kind of thing
1: yeah, they can add a different like sub-license to the license you own for the game and things like that yep um
0: ugh don't talk me about licenses I, I'm not gosh. sure just own the game. <laughs> can I just own the game
1: <laughs> I'm not sure it uh, it's going to change their method of production uh, sure. I'd love to see them continue on and like release a 2020 20 Iceborne whatever that one would be but I don't I, th- I think we'll have to wait and see uh, until later this year to figure out if they say like yeah we're done with this game now we're moving on to the next one or what, what, what may come
0: Okay. So, I guess we'll just take turns. Predictions? What about monsters? Are we going to see new monsters?
1: Oh, I mean, we have to. They haven't shown anything yet, right?
0: Other than uh, Nargakuga, no. <laughs> Look, what do you think?
1: Other than the headlights of Nargakuga.
0: <laughs> yeah, Nargakuga trailing headlights.
1: Uh, d- did you have any strong predictions for that?
0: I think if they're going to do a skeleton of nargacuga i think it makes sense to have bariath yeah Barriath being the saber uh saber cat saber tooth cat instead of tiger which is the i know it's nerdy i'm sorry the saber tooth cat version of the panther that is nargacuga or cougar or whatever, which doesn't make sense nargacuga it's a panther but anyways um yeah the sort of Sabretooth cat version arctic big fangs uh has specific spikes to climb on ice and that kind of thing makes total sense for iceborn. um uh since they're already adding in the pseudo uh, wyvern skeleton uh, which you know fills in with tigrex nagakuga uh a Cantor, you know like a lot of those uh basically four-legged wyverns uh, and a giganox too know... was was he a pseudo wyvern in shape uh, yeah, he was yeah. considered a flying wyvern, but he might have been modeled as a pseudo-wyvern. You might be right. Well,
1: they never called them pseudo-wyverns in the in the game, I don't think.
0: No, they were all flying wyverns, but I never considered him to be the same. You know what I mean? Like, he was... To me, he always felt like a flying wyvern, but he was, in body structure, postured like a pseudo-wyvern? Yeah, no, he's
1: got his I weird suppose. flap-like wings on the ground.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. That could be one.
1: Um. So, what I am getting the vibe of, or not, uh, half hoping, half expecting, is that the two monsters we've we've uh, seen so far, which are uh, uh, Nargakuga and whatever had the fur armor set in that uh, shot of the hunters, uh, with, yeah. the, with the moose antlers.
0: Right. Well, that could just be Anteca. Like, that's... If we're going to go, like, full, like, base, like, lowest expectations, that could just be Anteca, which, if you're not familiar, uh, is like the Kelby that we see in Monster Hunter World, but they're more goat-like with bigger horns.
1: No, you're, you're right. Um, that That is interesting, though, even if it is just Anteca. Uh, right. The, the Frozen Seaway... Which was Monster Hunter 4's ice map, was introduced much like the visuals of the Iceborne trailer so far, uh, is sort of a polar some, ice yeah. type in, biome. It didn't have any of those big, big fur covered mammals. It was dominated by Xamtrios and. Uh, Sharks. I want to say some sort of cave monster, but I forget, honestly. Um what you mean by
0: cave monster? Tetsucabra was there. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Just like small monsters in, in the ice caves. Something like a uh Gaia Gaia Prey I think um boggy No there's no boggy bag- in that game but, but anyway Dang. uh the, I
0: it we Now you got me thinking about it cuz gosh um
1: uh, what well, I'm just trying to well, there say was the
0: zam, zam, there was the Zam there was the Zamonites and then there was bugs
1: Yeah it was for it was, some reason it was something they, But but Iceborne, it's got that fur armor set, it's coming from something, so we already know that larger uh, fur-covered mammals are living in this environment, which is d- right. different than, most, than a lot of the times uh, we're, we're seeing ice biomes in Monster Hunter, because there's often a lot of like out-of-place reptiles and wyverns with scales and without anything to conserve their heat. Uh, right which which sort of looks out of place to me with with an ice biome but you know and Barioth, like you were saying that would be a sort of semi-furred wyvern like Narkuga. and it would uh okay kind of contribute yeah. to that theme
0: yeah cuz they do have very fur like scales um especially baryath baryath i think actually no baryath doesn't have a furred armor it looks more angular and spiky but it does have fur on it actually never mind but it, Cause it's tuss, got the whole saber
1: cat tiger theme
0: right um it's true um i don't i would like to see like another like mammalian large animal like we have gameth um we are not getting gameth there's no way yeah, really. we're getting gameth uh because a uh, large part because it's part of the faded four and I think the Faded 4 are forever going to be locked in Monster Hunter Generations and Generations Ultimate. Like, I don't think they're ever going to leave those two games. Um, only because of the nature of what those games are. Which is weird, because, like, we're, we had just got that, and, like, those games originated as the 10th anniversary celebration. Right. <laughs> if you think about it, that's what their origins were. So... Because the you know ga- uh, a game myth is is a representation of what the the second generation monsters were, or you know you know what I mean like they have they have these themes and to to celebrate the the at that time four generations of Monster Hunter, um, so now we have the fifth and now we're already at the fifteen year and we're <laughs> just came out of the tenth year celebration it seems. I mean um, Monster
1: Hunter World was in development for four years, so that'll do that
0: It's true. It really uh, it would. Um, I think we're going to see. I know this is kind of broad, but I think we are definitely going to see something along the lines of either Kazoo, uh, Jignox, or some other cave dwelling wyvern. Um,
1: Like a new one. For whatever
0: reason, every yeah or or a new one, uh, some sort of. Very much cave dwelling, like I don't like the light kind of thing. The, the both of them are, um, at least because the, the it just this is just based on pure like previous speculation that most ice maps also have caves, it's the way they've right. been. Uh, Monster Hunter World has changed up to changed a lot of things as far as expectations go. But then again, not always. For instance, it's pretty much—I mean, even though they announced it pretty much off the bat, we knew there was going to be a desert because there's almost always a desert. There's always going to be a forest. <laughs> now, the, you know, the surprising ones were—you know—the Coral Highlands and the um, uh, Rotten Vale. But I mean, so I don't know. Like the ice map feels kinda standardish, so Um I'm gonna guess there's caves. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right in
1: the sense that uh like Kazu was in first generation, uh, but there was no ice in the first generation. So it was no, in not a till swamp second. and such. But from from second on it was in the Kezu was in the Arctic Ridge or the Snowy Mountains, whatever you wanna call it. Oh, so confusing. Uh, and then uh, we had Giganox in the tundra in third generation, and Kazoo again came back for the uh, frozen seaway, cold tide way, <laughs> real, real chilly <laughs> ocean. The names, the names. <laughs> They're coming to me slowly. Um, I, and now we've sort of circ- circled back to first generation, where there wasn't even a Kazoo or, or Giganox, because there was no ice map to... Uh, which would which have become their identity
0: right yeah but i'd love to see
1: either either one or some new iteration
0: well um i will say uh to the point you were making earlier about how you know first gen didn't really have an ice mapper per se um it still had cold environments where you needed hot drinks and it was always the caves Specifically, the caves where you had to fight Kazoo.
1: Right, right. That, okay, that that fits.
0: So it was like there was two caves that would give you the like two cave systems. I would say It would give you cold. Okay, um, so yeah, that, you know, I
1: guess that was Kazoo's identity from the start. Then I just I never right. played the first one to. Uh, and that's totally fine.
0: That. You and like ninety nine percent of other hunters. <laughs> I would say, and I'm not, not like saying that as like an elitist, like, Oh, oh, I played the original. It's like, no, just monster Hunter one was not popular. Just not. (laughs) And it, you know, it took, it took a long time, you know, even world is, is sort of finally sort of hit the mainstream. And then even then it's you know, it wasn't, it wasn't gangbusters. You know what I mean? It sold super well, but it wasn't like, um, you know, it's, I guess maybe you could say it's now part of like one of the big... I would now consider it one of the bigger franchises. You know what I mean? I think I think it's come to that point. Are where, you
1: talking about uh, World or the series as a whole? Because World sold series as, about as well as any video game as can a
0: whole, do. Series as a whole, because of World, is probably caught up to what I would say the lexicon of, of the average gamer at this point. You know what I mean? Not everyone's going to know about it, but then again, not everyone's going to know about Halo at this point. You know what I mean? It's like
1: yeah, I guess anymore.
0: Right. So like it's 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 to the point where I could I feel like I can safely say that Monster Hunter because of World was at a point where it's you know part of the normal lexicon of gaming. It's part of the larger picture. A lot of people are going to know about it. I think Whereas, it's
1: I think it's definitely well, mainstream now, but it doesn't get the yeah. respect because because people don't have that history with it in the West. Uh, it doesn't get yep. respect from you know popular voices. Because uh, they don't have much nostalgia or much of a stake in it necessarily, except us, I guess. Uh, <laughs> People right. like us.
0: Uh, well, all I was trying to say is like it's okay for you not have to play the first one because Monster Hunter One is like the complete opposite. It was like the super niche, like didn't even have advertising game like the only advertising i knew it came in like a playstation magazine a demo that's it like that's all i know that happened i never saw any ads for it uh at the time and i was reading gaming magazines at the time i would have been oh god trying to do the years 2004 dang it 14 something like that uh 15 maybe but yeah Yeah, yes but what was
1: your social security
0: number but, none yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah i was like i was you know early high school when when i when that came out and i was you know very into gaming i i was subscribed to uh many gaming magazines at the time you know like those things that were physical before we had the, the internet um hey i, I had those too
1: <laughs> right before nintendo right. power died <laughs>
0: Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I had like stuff like PC Gamer, and then I would buy like Nintendo Power and PlayStation Magazine, and that kind of stuff. Um, but like, I didn't. I didn't have the demo. It was like my friend's demo or whatever. And then they roped me into it, and I started playing it. Yeah, you know, I've I've talked about the story several times. But uh, yeah, it's just like at that time, like there, it was super niche of a game. So like the fact that someone hasn't played Monster Hunter One is not surprising, right? I, like, I, I'm kind of getting into this whole, you know, my brain, this whole elitism thing. Because, like, some people are like, well, I've been playing since the first one and blah, blah, blah. like, does it really matter? It re-? Like, I mean, I've been playing since the first one. But I'm just speaking about that from, like, a, hey, you know, I'm familiar with the series. I've been here the whole time. It's awesome that we're seeing this. But I'm not going to be like, hey, scrub, back in my day. Like, I'm not like that. Although, I do kind of... Uh, talk about the back in my day, the dual horns quest. <laughs> I am guilty of that. <laughs> uh, hey man, but yeah,
1: y'all scrubs. Because back on the N64, we were the OG scrubs. We went into the right. forest to chase after uh, Navi. I forget the premise, and we got cursed, and we became a Deku scrub, and we <laughs> had to graduate from being a scrub. And this is a retelling of Majora's Mask. Anyway, um...
0: <laughs> I was like, I know this game. <laughs> it's also the second in this... In in a direct... It's a sequel, so how is it the... I don't know. I'm kind of OG. Myself. <laughs> Just say OG it. OG sequel. Just say it again. OG bunch. sequel. <laughs> um,
1: so Iceborne. So,
0: uh... Yeah, so Iceborne. So, um... I think if that if there's going to be anything big that we don't know about, it's going to be shown in this. The, you know, let's just assume there's going to be a new trailer, right? Um, <clears throat> so we know we know specifically there's going to be new weapons, armors, monsters. Um, are we going to see both maps, or two maps, or multiple maps? If we're, you know, if you have so predicted to be multiple maps, there are I think not it's going to be two. both
1: multiple maps. It's called Iceborne. <laughs> it's going to be true. It's gonna be about that, and that admit, cold, well, cold ice.
0: The, well, they say multiple areas. on um, quotations, but my own predictions say areas also mean the hub in Iceborne.
1: I think I translated. I think that's what's going to like happen. Google translated one of the Japanese tweets, and I think it just said area singular. But, you know.
0: Oh. Well, the English one said areas, so I, I don't. I don't know. Anyways, okay. So Iceborne, um, if there, so let's just. Like I said, we're speculating here. If they are showing multiple maps, right? If there is going to be multiple maps, I think that all of them that matter, you know... Actually, no. They'll show us the hub. They'll definitely show us the hub. If it's if that's one of the areas. Like the new hub. Um,
1: yeah, the, the, cause, it'll probably be like... Because um, there's random NPCs in the game that talk about, oh, we're going to voyage further into the new world. So I imagine the third fleet uh, base will, because uh, it's it's a balloon, and we fixed it in the main game. So I right. imagine they'll fly well, off just... and land and set up a little base camp.
0: Right. So my uh, my thought is we're probably going to get everything shown. That it is a new area, including hubs, in the trailer, if there is a trailer. Right. Um, another thought is. If there's any new weapon, like some people are, are speculating, I don't think there's going to be, um, it'll probably be shown here too, because they're pretty good about showing off like what's new in trailers, aside from the first world video, we were just confused the hell out of everyone, but what do you think, Haru, what do you... um, okay, what, so if, what else are we going to get? Uh... So, so if they
1: have a show trailer this month, we're still, what, like six months away ahead of the
0: launch? Oh, come on. They do not care. They're just trying to hype us up.
1: I mean, sure, but they also like to have multiple trailers for Ultimate Expansions, and you can't burn sure. all of your uh, cash money in the first go. So... Uh, uh,
0: okay, you have a point. Although, how long did we wait after the first World trailer?
1: About two months to Gamescom, in August, to, to see the okay. Wildspire Waste for the first time. Alright. They, they waited wow. four yeah, years, we were... and then the last six months they showed everything. Um, but, yeah. I, I feel like they'll give us, in they'll definitely spend some time on the, on like the hub, and the, they will do a few shots into the ice area, and they'll show us entry-level monsters. Um, I feel like the, they have to show the flagship so they can start showing the box art and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might right, see, like... Right, yeah. We'll, we'll see gameplay of Nargacuga because they'll intersperse that with shots of the icy region so it doesn't all just look, like, white. Um.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And...
0: Monster Hunter, the snow game. They'll
1: show, like, some low-level ice monsters, and probably the flagship so i'm expecting to see like maybe four
0: well, oh i bet we're gonna trailer. see a bunch of those establishing you know like we always have that cutscene where we're first introduced to a monster that's kind of ridiculous like huh, what's over there huh what's over there like the- <laughs> gosh i hate I, like ah, uh, like am the the one that hurts me the most is odogarin like when you first get introduced to him it's like uh gosh it feels so weird oh it's better than than what is it four four ultimate the cunning hunter surprised by every monster
1: (laughs) (laughs) right that was like he's like huh? a carry huh it's behind me now um
0: yeah it's like uh yeah it's I'm hoping I, I'm hoping we see you know something about some more monsters, but I bet you know it's going to be those those cutscenes that are the introductions that we're now you know doing in Monster Hunter World. Uh, it's probably going to be a lot of those.
1: Um, do you think because uh, they've been showing Fatalis assets for like a new Fatalis model of at least its its upper body uh, for the 15th mm-hmm. anniversary? Do you think that is going to come to world or do you think that's just a completely disconnected thing?
0: You know, I'm just going to go out there and say we haven't seen a Latrion yet, right? He's part of the leaked list. Um I almost think based on what we've been seeing with all the Fatal stuff for the 15th anniversary, I'm thinking that was the original plan of what was going to go in Monster Hunter. I think at this point it's going to be Faith House and not a Yeah, it
1: could have possibly changed.
0: I'm j- right because how old is that leaked list? It's good months before the demo, right? It, it, like it came was... out
1: at, at around Halloween uh, during the Ron Vale trailer at Paris Games right. Week 2017, <clears throat> I believe.
0: Right. So it's it's fairly old. It could have some outdated info, which. It makes sense for a Roshi Kirin to show up, right? Uh, the Ice Kirin uh, to show up in in Iceborne. Um, however, I don't think it makes sense for Fatalis to show up uh, in Iceborne. Fatalis has never been associated with cold maps or cold areas or anything. He's always been sort of like his own fort, sort of like areas um, in volcanoes. He's actually... Uh, in lore, the reason why Leoshun Lung ran from the volcanic area it was running from Fatalis. So, um, yeah, that's. I don't know if Fatalis fits the theme, is the only problem. But then again, never felt that Nagakuga fit the theme. But here we are.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean Fatalis. They always have to make its arena for it. So if. If you did include a Fatalis or possibly an Alatreon, they would probably be sequestered away in some boss arena waiting for you to come fight them. Right. Like most video games.
0: Well, yeah, and and, and Fatalis always has sort of like a dragon versus the castle theme. Anyways, it's always the forts and the stone and like always that kind of stuff, too. So That's
1: what makes me skeptical, because where would they even do that in the New World? Because lore-wise, I, in this game, there's yeah, been there's no... Nothing no like uh industrialized civilization oh, they're
0: they're, they're going to spring it on us they're going to spring us on a spring it on us harder they're going to they're gonna finally talk about the old world civilization and that's where the castle's going to come in they're finally going to do it
1: I'm sorry the old what civilization
0: the, the old world but you know the war of the dragons and all that kind of stuff the, oh. the, the lore that they they never openly talk about hmm but yeah
1: it's not like not canon now though
0: I don't know, I don't know.
1: Hmm,
0: it's always weird. Could be, could be. Okay, uh, well, I honestly, you know, like, as far as speculation goes, like that's all I have. Is like we're gonna see new monsters, maps, and that kind of thing. I doubt we're gonna see a new weapon. Highly doubt it. I think they would have said that uh, in the initial stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. It would be nice to have, you know, the the two rumored weapons—the whip and the dog and the boomerang—three weapons. Um, that's that's
1: not this this development team though necessarily.
0: No, no. What well, I mean, hey. I
1: think a new weapon—it's it, not likely, but it's possible, because every generation sure. introduces an even try, which had to like do the whole underwater thing, which is re- redoing the compass for every weapon. They introduced one new weapon. Um,
0: Right, but this isn't the next generation. This is still fifth generation.
1: Well, what, what I'm, my my thought is that they could have planned a new weapon, and they should have said, it could have just gone like shit. We've got a lot on our plate. <laughs> this isn't going to make launch or.
0: Oh, uh, and I guess yeah, they didn't really introduce any new weapons in in fifth generation at all. I, now that I think about it, it I mean I nothing guess new as far. Well, what as far they as did weapons.
1: is they. They read it. Read all the severely combos. Severely
0: overhauled it. Yeah, severely overhauled the weapons. But yeah, and then this layer,
1: the slayer, I guess, is sort of something. But you know, yeah, it's more of like a like mm-hmm. a, uh, adventuring item. Um. Anyway, I had a, right. I had a question. Uh, to cap us off here. Sure. What mm-hmm. kind of Ice, because we've seen basically just glacial shores and then mountains, but that didn't look like a finished environment that we'd actually be physically exploring in the game. So, what kind of biome, what kind of ice uh, region do you think we're going to see? Uh,
0: uh, well, based on, um, you know, previ- how the rest of Monster Hunter World works, uh, it's like we were talking about, like the the the, the the Wildspire Wastes, you know, Coral Highlands, even the Rotten Vale—they all have distinct areas. So I think we're actually going to see, um, in comparison to other cold maps, more of a variety uh, of 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 sort of like represented biomes. Um, so obviously we're going to see that coastal like uh, like the Frozen Seaway of previous. We're going to see some of like the, the ice flows and icebergs, uh, but. I'm kind of still under the impression we're going to get see it taper off into more of a tundra area with a, you know, like a pine forest. Um, that was rumored, uh, you know, debunked rumor, obviously, um, for E3 last year uh, that we were going to get an ice map with the tundra and everything. Um, but now that we've actually had an announced Iceborne trailer, you know, I'm kind of thinking there may be something to it to have sort of like a, a pine forest aesthetic, at least part of it. Um, also, because I like it, that's just pure like, hey, I'd I'd like to see this. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, I I too like. I think that'd be my favorite uh, outcome is a sort of because we have so many extreme and barren areas in the world. Uh, the very dense areas that like yeah. ecologically they're just barren. Like the wildfire waste is really desolate um,
0: in parts of it yeah and then you got the muddy area which actually is pretty life you know life like with all the, the the lavender flowers and everything
1: no yeah that's true I, I just want to see more uh, greenery more uh,
0: vegetation yeah li-
1: like more environments that would support a lot of life like thriving life a great big ecosystem um, <clears throat> you Get a big ecosystem um
0: um <laughs> <know> <coughs> <laughs> yeah um, so I guess I have one final question are we getting the fox monster
1: no <laughs> stop <laughs>
0: it's
1: bull no,
0: so people know the, the people were speculating uh, we were going to get like an arctic fox kind of monster um, in the same vein of toby So so <laughs> like a fanged wyvern.
1: like how pissed would people be if they bought an expansion and it's like oh yeah the first months you fight it's it's another elemental raptor. <laughs> Great.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's gonna happen. You know it
1: is. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't have to this time. They don't just have to reskin and make a drum or a baggy. They can make new stuff.
0: I mean, they're I'm pretty sure it's gonna be in the style of Kuliaku, if they do anything like that. And yeah, it's gonna throw ice balls. It's gonna throw snowballs at people.
1: Hmm. Because,
0: um, you know, they haven't done a bunch of snowball monsters before or anything.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, just going back to the environment thing for a second, I wanted... Sure. Oh, man. Uh, so, like you said, we've seen a lot of ice caves so far, and we've seen icy mm-hmm. mountains and icy shores. Uh, yes, I don't. It'd just be interesting if they'd do something new, like add a new terrain mechanic, or or add like a new scale of map and and experimented with this uh, expansion in some way, because like if they upped the cap of monsters that can be on a map at one time, that would be really interesting to see like five or so monsters just roaming around, not even like ne- next to each other, just in their different separate regions of the map.
0: Right. So like a giant open field, maybe for the tundra, just like a just a gigantic clearing.
1: Yeah, um, I wouldn't want it to be like open world, um, but if think it creates a dense map with different facets, different subbiomes that didn't feel abridged. Like I don't want them to include just like one area mm-hmm. of uh, of taiga, and then it switches when- to uh, you know icebergs, and then it switches to tundra. Because that one
0: thick, thicket of forest, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That that just feels kind of cheap to me. Um, c- sure. Because it, it, you're, it, there's less of a gradual transition between different areas of the forest, and it's more like you're just cutting from <clears throat> one to the next, to the next, to the next kind of environment. Is how I well. I mean, I think, I think
0: I think Wildspire Waste. So there's the forest area, of the Wildspire Waste that sort of bleeds into the bleeds into it, right? I think that was a good way to handle it because you can see that the forest goes further and that's the great forest that you're not being able to go through because the artificial boundaries of the map however uh it does sort of show you that hey these are interconnected areas um the fact that it goes from so harsh a cut from the forest you come out of the clearing and suddenly it's just barren desert uh doesn't make a lot of sense to me but then again I'm not a person who's ever lived near deserts, and then maybe that does happen. I don't know. I wouldn't think it would.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's... But, the Wildsparer Waste is kind of what I'm talking about, because right. you created these sort of... Uh, a lot of diverse biomes in that map, but at the same time, Diablo's goes to three areas. Uh, Dratados goes to three areas. And I don't really like that uh, change from the old yeah, they of not. <clears throat>
0: well... As much as I hate, they put so many monsters in the the ancient forest or whatever. Big Tree Land. Big Tree Land. I, I don't know. There's so many different. I mean, it was so many different maps to say Ancient Forest or whatever. I think it's called the Ancient Forest, but it's not the first time there's been a map called something similar. Yeah, remember I did, that, I did that bit on it, remember? Right, yeah. We did a guessing game. How many maps have been called Old Forest in some fashion? What was it, like seven or six? It was like
1: eight, dude. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was it was a lot. So, anyways, Ancient Forest, I'll just going to stick with that one. Um, like it's <clears throat> it's probably got the least egregious errors of that, you know what I mean? Like a lot of the monsters go a lot of the places in that map.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh,
0: especially if they can if they can fly, but you're totally right on everything else. Like <clears throat> you won't see Kushala go down to the volcanic regions of the uh, the uh, the elder whatever recess elder's recess you won't see teostra go up further north you know further high altitudes in that map Urrigan um, has a certain path that's basically a giant loop that he follows like it becomes kind of clear where you're going to be and, and like um, lavacyth exists in exactly two areas three areas of that whole map <clears throat> just is, like
1: Jer- just like yeah
0: just like Jerry taught us um, so like you're totally right on many other areas of the game um, yeah even Coral Islands there's different segregation maybe Kieran is the one that sort of reaches a lot of different areas but then again he only sort of hits the western side of the map he never goes east he's I mean he's all sorts of altitudes for sure but he'll never you'll never see him where uh Palimumu goes you'll never see him there and I think Palimumu goes like where he goes is like the only that's like the only monster aside from Kuliaku that goes to that eastern side anyways like it seems so weird and I'm telling you like I don't know if it's eastern maybe it might be western I don't know it's been a long time since I've played
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Like, a lot, when you fight high-ranked monsters in the Coral <clears throat> Highlands, you don't go to the whole, like, pretty part of the region. You're always going to that barren, kind of white top area.
0: Right, especially for Kieran, um Wow, what's his name? The the flying one that screeches like an eagle.
1: Leg- Legiana?
0: Legiana, there you go, yeah. Uh, Legiana is never going to go down to where Pelamumu goes, like, really far down. Um, like Odogren shows up on the map, but Odogren even has like a smaller area that he'll show up in. Like, it's c- kind of crazy. And then, like we've talked about it several times, there's actually an under part of the map that goes way far down. You sort of get to see it turn into the wild, uh, to, to the Rotten Vale, but there's nothing that goes down there. Nothing goes down to that area. So you're never going to go down there unless you happen to know about it and want some resources from there which aren't even unique to that area. There's literally like no interesting reason to go down there by itself. So like I hope you're right. I hope there is a little bit more of a interconnectedness than than what is already there in world. Who knows? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, that's that's all I have. Haru, do you have anything else to add?
1: Oh, just just on the side, uh, Monster Hunter Legends: The Guild was announced a while ago for 2019. Uh, that they could release that this month if it's just like a 20 20 minute animated thing.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, you're talking about the anime, the new anime.
1: It's a, it's an hmm. animated special. It's not gonna. I think it's just like, like a short movie.
0: I don't know. The only anime I'm looking forward to is this year's One Punch Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have high hopes for that one. Just like I don't have high hopes for the Monster Hunter movie, at all. Yeah, I mean animation.
1: <laughs> I re- I rarely regret watch anime watching animation.
0: So, I don't think I have it. It's weird. Of the ones that I've just sat down and watched, I've really liked been very rare aside from a few that I just hated but then again like you know I'm not I'm not into anime in general <laughs> just in general I like a few but that's about it but hey you know things might change maybe I'll really love this Monster Hunter one maybe the Monster Hunter movie will be good <clears throat> no <laughs> but uh, anyways so it's got a in it <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Which is
1: very useful when they have AKs.
0: Oh, no, just, just, you're hurting me. Stop. <laughs> no more. Oof. Oof, big oof. All right. Uh, I think that's it for today. So uh, we'll wrap up here if that's good. No, yeah. Thanks, very thanks for
1: watching, everyone.
0: Watching slash listening, but yes... <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Um, What's this, worse is I was about to wave,
1: too. That <laughs> really wouldn't have transferred.
0: <laughs> so this is uh, this is your host, Fortwan. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, you can catch me uh, on Twitter, at HuntersHubPod. Uh, you'll just see Fortwan up there as the name. Uh, but uh, you'll see me tweeting about things and stuff. Lately, it's been gushing over um, Aflis's artwork still um, and that kind of thing. Um, and uh, look forward to uh, side quests that we're about ready to post, probably alongside this episode, uh, the way it looks like editing's going. Um, so yeah, we're gonna, in side quest We're going to talk about Dragon's Crown, uh, and then the next side quest, which I think we can safely talk about now, is Devil May Cry One. Um, so I'm going to be playing on the HD uh, collection, and I hope you guys join us for that one. So. I will see you guys on that next quest. And on that quest, where will you be, Haru?
1: Um, I'm at Gran on Twitter. Uh, not terribly active producing original content on there, but man, speaking of Death in My Cry, I saw a, a, like a combo gif from the fifth one. And it was okay. the most insane juggle. We switched between literally like ten different weapons and did magic and they just hit this guy like 30 times, holding him in the air for like a minute. It was nuts.
0: I'm kind of a spoiler for uh, Dragon's Crown, but um, I kind of felt like that way playing as the elf in Dragon's Crown. <laughs> right. But yeah. But have okay. been Devil My Cry. It's like three days. Ah, uh, it's crazy. Yes. Anyway, thanks for watching. Yep. Again. Yep. Alright, we'll see you.